Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 12 for Monday, October 22nd, 2018. My name is Joel Duggan, and joining me as always is my friend Johnny, or as you may know him, Pixel Riffs. Hello, sir. Hello, great to be back talking about Minecraft once again. This is episode, oh, 12, yeah, gosh. <laughs> well, it's funny, I was having a, this, I had this weird moment in my in my uh, chat with someone in the Discord this morning, and I was just like, they kept that, they kept on referring to the next episode as episode 14. Oh, I was yeah. Like, Did yeah. I miss something? <laughs> yeah. Am I, like, I honestly went to the website to check, and was like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, it's 12, that's what I thought. <laughs> it's getting to that time of year when we want to hibernate, and we end up hibernating uh, through a couple of episodes. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, so... I don't have a whole lot this week to talk about because I haven't been playing much. So what have you been doing uh, in Minecraft this week? I've been going back and finishing old projects. It feels like a, a nice thing to do before kind of getting into some serious work on the cruise ship, which is, you know, the the main thing hanging over my head right now. It's it's out there in the harbor looking looking big and bulky. And I've, I've been doing a little bit of work on it to kind of tidy up the structure of it a little bit. Um, the the main thing I got from building the entire thing out of white concrete was that it looked very blocky in places. I wanted it to look a lot smoother than it did. It ended up looking, like in my head, it was like kind of smooth panels of stuff and just waves of white concrete. But then as it tapers towards the front, it gets very kind of blocky and it's really obvious where each block is. So I've been converting half of that to black concrete which looks great because you can't see the joins between blocks oh, like all of the yeah. shading is basically gone and black concrete is great for that kind of sensory deprivation sort of experience um but yeah i've been been doing that and so that's kind of a big boring project i'm doing off camera so i figured i would go back and finish up some of the stuff that i built the exterior of and maybe decorated half the interior but then got distracted by something else and never came back to it so um, my tree farm is getting a proper fitted interior now. I did a video the other day where I've added in kind of like a melon and pumpkin production line to go with the melon and pumpkin farms I've got inside my big warehouse build. And I finally, finally put a roof on the sugarcane farm. I hate doing roofs. That's one of the <laughs> one of the common threads I think of this podcast in general is that doing roofs kind of sucks. So yeah, I've been been doing uh, been doing a bit of roofing. Put a, a lovely kind of Chinese temple inspired. Uh, roof on my on my sugarcane farm which the the color palette from that was very much inspired by kind of you know flamboyant chinese architecture the kind of stuff that's all really bright reds and that kind of contrast with dark prismarine and stuff i thought that came together really well it's one of those builds that's always had a lot of a lot of people saying that's one of my favorite color palettes that i've seen so far and it's such a, a simple set of of builds but you can do some really nice details with them Nice. Uh, so I haven't, I'm behind on your DV videos, but I'm, is this the build that's in the thumbnail for your latest? Cause I've seen that. Yeah. That thumbnail. Yeah, yeah, okay, so. cool. Yeah. What, what it was, I remember a lot of red. What are the blocks that you use? It's red concrete, stripped birch logs and uh, dark prismarine. And that's basically it throughout the entire build. Yeah. Give, give or take the interior, yeah. which is sugarcane farm. So there's a bit of glass and stuff in there as well. Nice. But I stuck yeah, to that. Gets- and the, the only other thing that's in there right now is acacia trapdoors. Um, which I used for, okay. for the yeah. kind of to, to almost box in the top part of it, which doesn't actually have anything built up there. It's just um, a bunch of torches and stuff, so it looks good at night. Nice. I the the level of I guess use for birch and strip birch. I guess well, strip birch more than birch logs. Yeah, but, uh, is just mind blowing to me. I, I was watching uh, Iskel um, from Hermitcraft stream on the weekends. I don't normally get to catch Hermitcraft streams, but I had the time. And he was using birch, stripped birch logs as the bottom 
of sandstone builds. Oh yeah, for that desert city he's building right now. Yeah, yeah. And he's it's he's using it like, and he's not using just the logs. He's using like the all over stripped, so they don't have the ends yeah. on them. Yeah. And what he's it makes it look like the bottom part of the building is either wet or old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you combine it with the smooth sandstone block, which they have a data pack on Hermitcraft, but you can get it in creative in the game naturally. Yeah, we have the same it's, data it's, pack running on DV as well. Yeah, we would so same with us on the Citadel, and and it's a beautiful block. Like I mean, I was watching him for about an hour, and all it made me do was want to go build in the desert. Like mm-hmm. it, it just, it's such a nice, nice palette to work with. And he's also using red, no, very little of it. Uh, you kind of went. From what I remember from your thumbnail, you have a lot more red. Yeah. His is like more of like a subtle background. Yeah, it's, it's, like. it's like an accent block rather than being part of the kind of exoskeleton yeah. of what I've got. Yeah, yeah. His, his exoskeleton is actually acacia logs, which was unique. So he's using some gray uh, on the outside of, of, the, of the sandstone yeah. stuff. But I, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool, the, the uses for stripped logs that I'm seeing. I follow Iskal for the recap, and he was choosing between dark oak and acacia for those logs. And I really didn't like the acacia. I don't really like gray as part of that palette. I think it would work really well with the red, but not so much with the sandstone. But he likes acacia a lot. I think it's like his favorite type of wood. So he's been building with it a whole bunch. And, you know, I, I think dark oak is just so much easier to farm and fits in with that kind of warm yeah. kind of color palette that he's got going on with the sandstone yeah. and everything. But, you know, you know, builder's choice and all that. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how it turns out. I didn't catch the stream, but I'm sure I will see it in future episodes. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing when I was watching him. I was just like, well, I think I prefer the dark oak, but I can also see why he likes the acacia because the acacia is a higher contrast. Like you can actually see the bark texture. Whereas yeah. in the dark oak, once you back up 10 blocks, like it's, you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can appreciate when you want to have a little bit more detail, but I think that's one of those things that um, like, I really enjoyed stripped dark oak. I, I like that, that block quite a bit because it's, it's just a little bit lighter than dark oak planks mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the textures. Uh, so it's got lower contrast, but yeah, there's there's a lot that you can do um, with with the new strip logs. I'm I've been battling. I haven't had a lot of time. I've been kind of doing the the path that I started on stream and, and working with some some bridges and things like that. But they're all, it's all just like little noodly things. I've really not accomplished anything. I did take some time uh, last week to go into creative mode and try to mess around with some different pathing ideas. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping to find a nice marriage with something with. Uh, log stripped logs in paths whereas previously people would use like a a spruce plank or something with yeah, dirt yeah because it's all brown but the planks your eye kind of like lets them slide but they really they, they look like wood like it yeah. looks like planks it looks like somebody's actually logs, laid down boards or something there yeah. yeah yeah whereas the logs look a little bit a little bit nicer mm-hmm. uh, but i find that um for whatever reason they don't mesh as nice with with the other brown blocks like it's weird how it's i think it's because um dirt coarse dirt they're all noisier textures and the logs are so much smoother yeah yeah they definitely tend to hard. look smooth yeah so it's hard to figure out the, the right mix i feel like you'd, you'd almost have to go the other way like you'd have to go almost all wood with just a little bit of dirt in there and you might be able to do it yeah. All right, but I was going the other way. I was doing like mostly dirt and gravel and then trying to figure out how I could implement some of this other stuff. Uh, just because I'd like to eventually build in like a Tiga biome and and I think that a br- like a brown path, but like a deep brown path would look really good yeah. in, in that sort of situation. I think I think uh, it would, but yeah. one of the 
Yeah, but one of the things that I've been messing around with, uh, not really gameplay, but uh, we have a small note later on that Optifine is now out for um, for Minecraft 1.13.1, <laughs> just in time for 1.13.2 to come <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Uh, but I've been messing around with shaders, and it's it's I've had some help. I have to give Fwip a shout out. I was talking with him, and he gave me some some pointers as to what kind of avenues to travel down, because uh, I had this huge library of shader packs. All mm-hmm. of them were just this mess of like high, medium, low, extreme, you know, yep. brain explosion. Like it just it doesn't tell you anything about what changes under the hood. Uh, but I've narrowed it down uh, to Silder's enhanced default redone version one point oh four mm-hmm. longest name ever. And Builders QOL Shaders version 2.0.3. If anyone out there knows of these shaders and has other shaders that you can recommend to me, I would very much appreciate it. Uh, I'm looking for mostly screenshots. I can't play at much more than 30 frames a second when I've got shaders going. So I don't think it would be good for a stream. Like, I think I would probably drop to an unplayable level while Mm -hmm. streaming. Yeah. Uh, But it makes for much more uh, aesthetic screenshots for what i want to to do for both the spawn chunks and uh, my own let's play and stuff um but i don't find that either one of those are perfect like uh builders qol has some fantastic nether shaders like it doesn't turn everything all orange but it still gives lava and and nether portals like this really cool effect yeah uh, without overpowering everything nether shaders tend to look very like foggy and stuff a lot of the time and, and maybe mm-hmm. there's like a heat haze to it and stuff which on the one hand yeah. is maybe realistic for the environment of the nether but when it comes to taking screenshots like clear screenshots of your builds it can get a little distracting it, everything just kind of disappears yeah. into the distance fog a lot of the time yeah and i find everything gets super overbloomed. yeah uh and that's something i really liked about Silder's enhanced default shaders is that it's really just it's 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 Similar to like a vanilla plus mod in that it just takes vanilla Minecraft and just ups it just a little bit. Yeah. And with Silder's enhanced, and he's got a whole ream of like everything all the way up to the intense. And and I the Silder's enhanced stuff, that's that where I I draw the line. I was like, oh, I was disappointed because when I tried the really high stuff, it went the way of all the different shaders that I don't like, which is the ones that are really orange at nighttime in the overworld. Every lamp that you have, every torch that you have has this big orange glow. Mm-hmm. And like, I've been around campfires and yes, there's an orange light, but it doesn't glow like the moon. Yeah. Yeah. And so I find that the re- it's really kind of off-putting. And I think part of it is people trying to make shaders that like mimic mathematically the way that real world light works. Whereas this enhanced default sort of like, Instead of mimicking the way the real world works, it takes the way that Minecraft light works and just kind of enhances it, which I think is nice because it doesn't try to make Minecraft something it's not. Um, And I don't need anything fancy. Like the first thing I do in most shaders is I go in and I turn off everything that moves, water, trees, grass, all of it. I don't care. I just really like shadows. It's shadows. Mm -hmm. I can even, I'm okay without the reflections because I find that something that that happens with a lot of shaders too is that the water looks like super realistic and it's like it breaks me because the grass next to it is a block (laughs) and then there's this like super like realistic liquid texture next to it. It's like that doesn't look like Minecraft water. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah, for Um, sure. So with, with Silders, not only can you turn off the reflections, although the reflections do look good. But it has, it doesn't have that weird realistic effect and it allows you to in, overlay your shader packs texture on the water. So even if you do want wavy water and you like that kind of stuff, 
you can still have the pixelated texture from Minecraft, which I think really helps kind of mesh the two. Mm -hmm. It's not perfect. Uh, I really wish that Builders was better above ground. It turns everything gray. It just looks like it's rainy all the time in mm. above in, in overworld in builders which yeah is weird. yeah so so again i won't go on for too long but people if you have any recommendations for shaders that are not cuda chocopic and all the major like zeus like all that kind of stuff i've seen them all i'm looking for like these little shader packs the ones that don't get the high high praise from people that have you know monster machines to run them on but if you have something fun if you have something unique uh, even if it's not something that I might want to play with, but something would be fun for screenshots, let me know because it's going to go right back into the show for show art and for my own uh, YouTube stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that'd be, that'd be really cool. We used um, Silda's Enhanced Default for the start of Minecraft Harmony and because it was oh, cool. it was relatively kind of low intensity, low resource kind of shader pack. It just gave like a little bit of a pop to everything and it had very kind of light reflections on the surfaces of the water and yeah mainly like like you we wanted something that gave us a little bit of shadow and maybe like a slightly more realistic looking sky and i think that was yeah. all we went with at the time so that's probably the lightest shader pack i've used but for for general gameplay i don't tend to like shaders all that much partly as you say because of the performance increase the kind of fps yeah. drops and stuff but i mm -hmm. tend to save shaders for things which i feel should be more cinematic like the time lapses i tend to do or anything that i shoot with replay nice. mod it tends to be like if the camera moves and stuff can be realistic or it's kind of, you know, a, a, a thing that I want to set to music. So I naturally want to bring in a bit of a cinematic energy to it anyway. That's when I go to shaders. So I don't personally mind too much getting like the heavier packs out. You're kind of Silda's vibrant high, which is what I tend to use for my time lapses right now. Um, oh, okay. All of those ones tend to tend to work a little bit better for something that's got that kind of screen presence um, but they, they are doing exactly what you don't want them to do. Basically, they're kind of adjusting the water surface kind of textures. It gets all kind of realistic and ripply and the, the building, the, the, the sort of the leaves on buildings get wavy. And that, that is the problem really is like, you know, natural stuff like potted plants and things you don't necessarily want. If you're using leaves, you don't want them to wave in the wind, especially if they're indoors, but they have to kind of apply that stuff globally. So it's difficult for them yeah. to determine if it's got a block over it, then it can't wave. Isn't something that the shaders can calculate. So it gets, yeah. it gets a little bit difficult. Also, there were some hilarious incompatibilities with old shaders and 1.13 Optifine when the beta started rolling out, or even in like the alpha versions, I think, where like normal blocks would start waving instead of just leaves and so everyone would have these weird like <laughs> earthquakey buildings so oh uh, it's, it's always that a, would be really off-putting yeah it's, i mean minecraft is a pretty immersive and if you kind of get into it like that would i would be hard i would have a hard time walking in a straight line yeah it's, it's not a precise science it was like having beer goggles on there for a while but uh they nailed it so uh yeah we have we have a decent release of optifine now and people's people's shaders are are coming together but before we get to the regular minecraft news we thought we'd have a little bit of news about our own show because our patreon goals have been absolutely smashed this week by by you guys and and we want to say a huge thanks to everybody who uh has not only joined the discord but a couple of people have upgraded to a new level of support which we added to the patreon page this week um we've added all producer which gives the um patrons who subscribe for uh i guess it's like a ten dollars a month or ten dollars per show rather um reward tier we've got a special um, Discord channel set up called The Smeltery, where we kind of discuss ideas about the show and the kind of production of the show and the future and the direction that we're going with it. And so these are kind of like our, I, I hesitate to say our most valued community members, because of course we value everybody, but they are people whose opinions we can trust and who have like a, a good idea about where they want to see the show go, what kind of 
discussion topics we want to approach in future and it's it's really great to have people's people's input i'm excited about where this is all going me as well and i think as the community grows uh it's nice to have a slightly smaller sounding board uh to talk about ideas for the show get some feedback quickly before we bounce it off the entire patreon community Mm -hmm. you know uh and it just it just provides kind of another level of um i guess development for the show because we're really proud to be listener supported there's no ads on the spun chunks Mm -hmm. i'd love to keep it that way so i mean by by supporting us on patreon it just allows for more cool things like this to happen and the the big unlock is the audio rss link uh which is exactly how it's worded on patreon you can see that at the top right hand side of the patreon page i will probably put a screenshot in the show notes just so people know exactly where to look um, but what that is, is a unique RSS link that only patrons have access to. So if you're not a patron and you're on the page, you won't see that link. Uh, what you can do is you can use your uh, podcatcher app. You can use whatever uh, way you like to listen to the show and subscribe to that link. What you will get is the Spawn Chunks proper, but you'll get it bookended with some pre-show and some post-show chat with Pixel Ruffs and I. And uh, that will only be available through that link. If you have us subscribed on iTunes or any other kind of um, RSS feed, that's just going to be the, the show proper that you're used to. The, the, the last 10 or 11 episodes, it's, it's going to be exactly that. Uh, but it's only the Patreon um, RSS link that will have the, the extended show. And it's going to be for patrons. And I think it's a great way to kind of reward the people that have been supporting us thus far into this little adventure and i i'm stoked i think it's awesome to see the show moving forward absolutely I th- that should still be listenable to through the patreon web page as well right uh, if, if yes. there's like posts that are for patrons only that might kind of be locked behind that or you can click on the rss feed and you should be able to get like a list of the, the yes. episodes from there so it doesn't have, yeah and it doesn't have to be through the podcatcher app but that's that's just a way you can do that if you listen to podcasts on the go precisely yeah and if you go to the patreon page you will likely see a Spawn Chunks episode, which will be public and available to listen without being a patron. And then you'll also see whatever we call it, Spawn Chunks Extended, you know, Spawn Chunks, you know, patron episode, whatever it happens to be uh, in the title. Because this all just happened like two days ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, we haven't really sorted out the names. <laughs> the, bra- the branding um, is is to be confirmed, yeah. Yeah, but you'll see another similar post, but it'll if you're not a patron, it'll just be grayed out and it'll have a lock on it, just indicating that this is for patrons only. Um, so that's that's how that works. Uh, and for the pe- people that might be um, new to Patreon that are supporting us, uh, you still only like we we indicate when we post on Patreon which of the episodes account as uh, charged f- um, posts for the month. Uh, those are still only going to be the show proper. So the the unextended one is the one that people will be charged for. The extended version is just a bonus for patrons. Right, enough about us. How about Minecraft? What's uh, what's new in the in the world of Minecraft? We did briefly mention that uh, 1.13.2 is out now. Yes, uh, so that's out, and there is a list of um, improvements and changes and stuff. It's it's it was touted last week as uh, coming soon, and then they said coming Monday, and here it is Monday, and it's here. So that's all all good news as per the plan. And they, they managed uh, to they get it out before of... we started the show instead of after. Like <laughs> we've we've been yes. behind behind the curve for the last few weeks. So unless they announce something in the next couple of hours, we should hopefully be on the cutting edge of this week's news. 
Yeah, I caught it on Twitter. It was uh, Adrian uh, Ostergaard. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. Uh, he tweeted that uh, 1.13.2 is out and he linked to the Minecraft.net site. We'll have all of those links on the show notes as well. Things like improved performance for upgrading worlds, improved startup startup time, which I didn't really actually notice until I read this bug. And I was like, yeah, you know what? It does take a really long time to boot, boot up Minecraft since 1.13. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other things like performance of turtle pathfinding, which I didn't know was a thing. Uh there's all basically it's just a lot of bug fixes that were crashing the game and or causing slowdown stuff no mention directly of cod ai which i know was a feature a bug that people were complaining about but that could also just be improved mob spawning performance that's a broad kind of bullet point so there could be a lot of stuff uh general other performance improvements like i mean cod could be in there i don't i don't know where uh, specific updates have been but they flagged a number of them and you can go check them out on on news posts it's a short post they don't really go into much detail i think one of the problems was also the game trying to spawn certain mobs outside of loaded chunks and obviously couldn't successfully do that but that was still taking right. up memory so i think that's another right. thing that they might have just squished for this particular release and yeah hopefully it leads to decent performance uh across the board because people are going to have to be without optifine for a short while uh, despite the fact that Optifine 1.13 has just had a full release. That's going to be a little bit frustrating. I mean, while I appreciate that this is a performance update in 1.13.2, I was also really excited that Optifine got a 0.1 release like three days ago. Yeah, yeah. Not even. And and so I've been playing with shaders all weekend because I haven't been able to. And so I, now it's just like, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> now I can't do that. But I'm I'm hoping that because... I'm hoping that this is a performance thing and not really, there's not a lot of features and stuff that hopefully Optifine will not be too far behind. Yeah, there won't be a whole lot of back-end code changes aside from these bug fixes. So fingers crossed it should be pretty quick. I'm also doubting that there's going to be a 13.3 anytime soon from Mojang. So that means that Optifine might have a longer life this time around. Yeah, looks like they're pretty focused on 1.14 snapshots from now on. Speaking of which, the first snapshot is built and uh, Dinnerbone confirms it is going to be out on Wednesday. So following the kind of cryptic uh, pictures that they posted a couple of weeks back, um, it, it has been confirmed that it's coming out this Wednesday, the 24th of October, uh, in which case I did a bit of number crunching beforehand. I think it's going to be snapshot 18W43A because I think it's going to be the 43rd week of the year. Um, and, oh, okay. and so that it's going to be interesting to see what this one contains because as we've discussed previously, and I think this has now been more or less confirmed to be the case, Uh, some features are being developed on Bedrock and some features are being developed for Java. So Bedrock is the one that got uh, pandas, scaffolding, various other things recently. Uh, The the features that Jeb sort of mentioned as a before the holidays update seems to be coming to Bedrock. And what we're getting in 1.14 snapshots is going to be things like the additional slabs, stairs and walls, uh, possibly some kind of early stages of the pillagers and the pillager beast. And also the lectern, which I hope is going to be in this release because I'm kind of excited to see what the deal is with this. Dinnerbone kind of started tweeting about this, kind of said, I've been able to do something in the the game that I haven't, I've had in in the back of my mind for a while. It was one of those kind of features that I always thought I would add to the game if I started working there, but then had to kind of can it a while ago. So it's been a long time coming. There's actually a page on the Minecraft wiki that sort of says mentioned features uh, that, that haven't been included yet, and the lectern was one of them. But it seems to be a a kind of freestanding lectern block that looks a little bit like a, a bookshelf. Uh, the, the kind of pillar section has a, has a bookshelf, but it's a kind of flat, uh, angled platform on top of it that allows you to place a book on it 
and allows multiple players to read a book without having to kind of pass the book between them, copy the book, mm. uh, or, or kind of like really open it at all. It seems like it's actually going to be readable as an entity in the world. Uh, I'm not sure no. how small it's going to be because like, you know, books in general, you know, if you're walking up to the face of a block, it's like looking at a map on a wall. It's not really going to be particularly legible until you're right up close to it. But mm. yeah, potentially it's going to be a book holder. It's going to be great for things like adventure maps. Um, might Say be rules, mini games. Yeah, exactly. That, that kind of stuff. It's going to be better maybe than having signs up on a wall if you want to convey a lot of information because signs are fairly limited yep. in the amount of text they can display. Um, potentially it's also going to have redstone capabilities or at least be able to have like a redstone signal that's detected by a comparator if you've got a book on the stand or not maybe mm -hmm. um they kind of briefly had a, a discussion back and forth like whilst they were still kind of in the cryptic phase of like hey what if this thing does this but they're not actually saying what it was uh between dinnerbone and some of the other developers they were talking about what if it emits a redstone signal if it has or if it hasn't so we can maybe presume that if it has got a book on it or if it hasn't or maybe like if you finished reading the book depending on what page it's on there were some suggestions about that and i don't know quite how complex they can go with that because yeah redstone signal goes from zero to 15 and if you've got a book that's only got like four pages how does it know how much redstone signal to output so it, it's yeah, yeah potentially it's going to be a little bit more complicated but that could very easily be a, a mechanic in an adventure map or like a kind of uh, a survival built dungeon kind of thing. Like you place a book on a stand, it activates a door. You know, there's, there's a lot of the same mechanics thing. you could put into it. Yeah. Yeah. And it also goes right back to what they said at Minecon Earth about uh, blocks being added to the game that have to have more than one function. Yes. yes. So all that stuff is great. It also works very well as just a lectern at the top front of a church build. Yeah, you know, totally. like it's it's something that you can totally just use in the world and have it not have a function other than just be decorative. And I think that's it's excellent in terms of like it makes sense. It's very Minecraft. You know, it reminds me of the enchanting table, but then has a little bit of a spin to it. I'd love it if when you put the books on it, they hovered and spun open. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm okay with that. Uh, I because it was rather than just being like a flat book, kind of like when you put a book in an item frame. Like I hope that it's more than just that. Like I hope it actually has a open book with visible kind yeah. of like pages and stuff like that. Similar to how uh, a book is is on a um, on a, an enchantment table. Yeah, I I ho also hope that it comes in the different wood types. Uh, the image that they showed was oak. Yes, um, but given how they've touted how easy it is to make slayers, stairs, slayers, wow, <laughs> slayers, stairs and slabs. Coming to Minecraft 1.14, slayers. There you go. Yeah. The new eighth block, just what everybody <laughs> wants. Um, no, but the you know if you if it's something that once it's modeled, it's that easy to texture again. Like it would be nice if you could make it dark oak to go with your dark oak church, or uh, or it, you know again you're making a very creepy dungeon with a secret door. It would be nice if the lectern was able to be a dark wood as opposed to yeah. something really bright it's like you know, to go with rundown, your dungeon-y theme. Rundown church with like a spruce lectern at the top and that kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. They've, they've also yeah. very clearly been working on other signs of different wood types as well. Dinnerbone oh, yes, yeah. tweeted earlier in the week that he was working on a dark oak sign. There was a couple of pictures of it. He was worried about the text looking too dark on it and I think he's now resolved that. So potentially, yeah, there is a case being made for all of the wooden items to have variants of the different colors of wood. And, and why not at this stage? You know, people have been, people asked us fairly early in the show's lifespan if we were into the idea of chests of all of the different wood types. So that could potentially be coming as well. And it, mm. it kind of goes to show with the lectern thing, it's 
one of those things that's been added during the development process that was not mentioned at all at Minecon. So this is some of the stuff that I was interested to see if it came out after the full announcement of everything that was coming in the Village and Pillage update. What else right. is going to show up in the development process that they just haven't told us about yet? Or, you know, mm. they're, they're not certain if they can develop it in time for this, but it would be nice to have. So yeah. this is promising. I, I really, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what other things pop up between now and early next year when the Village and Pillage update is reportedly coming out. Yeah, I'm sure it's craftable, but it would also be neat if it was actually found in village churches. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. You it, know, like you could collect it with a silk touch sort of thing. Yeah, and certainly if uh, villagers are getting a redesign, that's potentially going to happen because yeah, the, the right. interiors of buildings might get a little bit more refined in the process. One other thing mm -hmm. we wanted to touch on before we move on is uh, the cat submissions, the the kind of uh, community cat submission oh, yeah. thing for the uh, the final cat skin that they have yet to add. Uh, to the stray cats um there is an article about that on minecraft.net uh about the submissions process with the terms and conditions because obviously it's a uh, you know they're basically asking to use the image rights of your cat forevermore and and that is the prize <laughs> there's no kind of monetary kind of element to it or whatever you don't get a a check uh <laughs> for your cat your cat doesn't get royalties as a result of being in minecraft but it's it's definitely worth people with beloved cats and iconic cats cats that don't have a texture like it's really weird calling like a cat's natural kind of fur and patterns and stuff a texture but you know what i mean like so, something that would translate well to a minecraft texture that isn't already really close to one of the other cats that they've got kind of mapped out there because there are i think 11 different types of cat including this one now there's there's a there's a lot going there but if you uh, if you want to submit an image of your cat you can do that the link for that will be in the show notes submissions seem to be ending on the 12th of november and then there's going to be like probably two or three days worth of them sorting through all of these images, maybe kind of doing an early pass at it. And then there is going to be a voting period for, I don't know, a short list of cats that they think would make good additions to the game. And uh, I think that lasts for maybe a week. And then presumably because they want to get these features out to Bedrock players before the holidays, uh, then I imagine that's going to be added in pretty quickly. So mm -hmm. submit your cats. Who knows? Um, good Times with Scar has a fairly iconic cat by the name of Jelly, um, who has kind of been a mascot for his channel alongside, you know, the uh, the Hermitcraft community has been making a uh, a big push for Jelly to be one of the cats who is considered for this uh, this competition. And uh, yeah, I, I retweeted that video a while ago because I was like, I, I think I think Jelly would make a good addition. She doesn't look like any of the existing cats, so I think I was going to say I, I hope because I'd like to see the same thing happen for Scar because he just he just he just does so much for the Minecraft community. He's such a positive influence and positive role model for people. It'd be nice to see Jelly make the cut, but at the same time, you're like, oh, I hope it's not. I hope Jelly doesn't look like just some other cat that's already up there because that would suck. Yeah, exactly. You got you got to <laughs> no, make like, it, you got to make it special for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that, and it would be ah oh, yeah because it would be really cool if if it because you know how when you when you um. Do they tell, do they give you names of the cats? Like if you have like a Siamese cat and a and a calico cat and stuff in the game now, can you like does the game distinguish which one you have by in the F3 screen or anything like that? Or, I or is it? Don't know. I haven't actually looked at it. And Bedrock is the only one where they've implemented all the stray cats, and they don't have mm. the equivalent of the F3 screen. I think it just says Minecraft right. cat, and then it's just got a numerical ID 
I don't think it really right. kind of As gives the them names. Yeah. It would be nice if, because similar to how like none of the block IDs now have numbers, they're all called, like textures are all are all renamed and yeah. everything is very straightforward. It would be nice if they had like, you know, black cat, Siamese cat. And then when it came time, if it wins to just have it be called jelly. Yeah. <laughs> like that, I think that would be, that'd be really, really cool. I've seen that happen before in the years and years that I've been listening to different podcasts about video games. Um, the instance uh, was one show that I listened to for a very long time about World of Warcraft, and several of the hosts of the instance have had little nods in the game where a piece of armor, it may not even be like you know Randy's pants, but it's like it references it references a note that or a or a phrase or an event that happened in the podcast that mm-hmm. that particular person said. So it'd be like you know the enchanted pants of, and then they drop some some weird you know name that references you know instance show number whatever. Yeah, but it's it's just a, such a simple simple thing. It's an inconsequential you know pair of pants you know or a piece of armor that you could get but like as a you know as someone that played that game for a long time to be able to get those knowing that it was made and published by blizzard was a it was a real treat to, mm-hmm. to listen to these guys go on about it on the show so i really hope that they do that i hope that um the community gets behind scar and and that it you know whatever whoever wins i hope that it that um mo yang gives them a little bit of a special nod yeah i think that's really cool game devs always seem to be up for that kind of thing as well it's yeah. it's super cool like involving your and they seem to be, it. yeah. And and Moyang's a small. I mean, they're growing, but it's a smallish team. So that you know, compared to a lot of other developers, so they they kind of have, I think that that kind of level of, I guess, understanding. You know, with their community, amazing but how that, they can be like a small team working on stuff like that and simultaneously have basically the biggest game in the world. It's it's, oh, it's yeah. nuts to me, but yeah, that's, yeah. No, I agree. That's that's this game we play. Well, that brings us into chunk mail, and I've got a couple of things to to get into here. The first is actually a podcast review, uh, and it's over at Podbean. And this was confusing to me at first <laughs> uh, because we don't have a presence on Podbean. I made a an account, but I can't post anything or I can't see anything. And yet, you can find the spawn chunks in all existing eleven episodes on Podbean. It's just not something that's controlled by us. So I don't. I'm assuming that Podbean is also something that people can just submit stuff to that they find, similar yeah. to like Reddit kind of user sourced um, but, yeah exactly but uh aldual or aldal i'm sorry if i'm mispronouncing your name uh wrote a review uh the one of the only reviews on on podbean and it is as follows this is a show for people who like minecraft it doesn't matter if you play yourself whether you are good or bad technical or creative this show will have you covered and entertained relax get a nice cup of cuppa i'm assuming they mean cup of tea or cup mm-hmm. of coffee yep and settle in for an hour of chatting about minecraft news game mechanics interviews with minecrafters and answering listener questions joel and johnny will give you uh will guide you through and leave you content and a bit wiser on the other side and i thought that was an extremely flattering uh review and i wanted to give them a shout out on the show especially because i felt bad because i think it's like a, it's a month old because <laughs> <laughs> they were they were way back into like you know um well three or four weeks ago would would have maybe been when we announced wells was coming on the show mm-hmm. so because they mentioned minecrafters interviews and stuff like that so it could have been it was definitely pre the interview but but maybe not pre the announcement of of having wells on the show mm-hmm. so uh yeah i thought that was a really nice very nice very nice of them to leave that in a review given that we'd only just promised to have somebody on the show rather than delivered exactly <laughs> yeah exactly. that's that's really sweet though yeah and uh yes definitely re- relax get a nice cuppa sounds like how i like to enjoy my podcasts in general in fact uh mm-hmm. a, a couple of people in my family my mum and my sister have said that they started listening to the show neither of them have any interest in minecraft but my mum's like i, I put your show on while i was doing the ironing the other day because it was nice to hear your voice and i was like 
like, oh, <laughs> it's the, the, best, the best review I could have received and possibly a sign that I should give my mom a call a bit more often. <laughs> I'm voting right now, Pixel Mom. <laughs> that's that's going to be the handle from here on out. Uh, the other uh, bit of information, or I guess message that we got this week is from Minor Guy. Uh, I clipped out the, the portion of his email that was uh, specifically re- referencing last week when we talked about the Nether. Mm-hmm. And uh, they went on to say, I think the, the Nether needs an item like the Elytra. Maybe something that makes you able to fly like in creative mode, but slows you down so it doesn't become OP. Maybe more blocks like coarse nether rack or cracked nether brick or lava brick. I've really been enjoying the show. I've recently uh, been losing interest in Minecraft, but I still tune in every Monday. I've been here since episode one and I can't wait until episode 100. Uh, so thanks, Minor Guy. Appreciate the the kind words and the shout out. And I really, I enjoyed what he had to say about the nether. I don't know how I feel about flying in the nether uh, just because Elytra could have already let you do that. Mm, yeah. However, I think he has a really good point about stuff like coarse nether rack or other bricks from the nether because there just seems to be a lot of stuff in the nether and i mean anybody that's played in in the nether for more than 20 minutes will realize that you don't know what to do with all the nether rack that just infiltrates your inventory oh yeah uh and it it becomes more than you need more than you care to need uh especially if you do any kind of digs or builds or, or farms or something we didn't get into last week so I'm curious what you think about something like a coarse nether rack, you know, maybe something dark, like a dark cobblestone, but you, you can't get it in the overall, like you have to wait until you're nether ready to be able to get it. It'd certainly allow for a little bit more variation in the nether, which I think almost by design is sort of bland. I mean, it's not, it's not bland in terms of the texture because the texture of nether rack is so noisy, but it, the, yeah. the kind of single block construction of all the terrain in the nether give or take fortresses is something that's always seemed a little bit it feels kind of spartan almost to me it's like the end where you basically mm-hmm. only have end stone until you get to stuff like nether brick and or, or end stone brick rather with the towers but yeah right. I, I, f- I feel like it there is opportunity in future for them to add something like a coarse nether rack or you know some other kind of material to mix in there something to vary the nether terrain a little bit and you know people were expecting 1.14 to be some kind of nether overhaul or a caving overhaul and i feel like that's probably something that's on moyang's radar for the future if not kind of decided upon by now then it's mm-hmm. it's definitely something that could be worked in i've seen some really great modded kind of um terrain overhauls of the nether and some of which i preferred more than others there are some that can get like too extravagant and especially in biomes of plenty there's just tons of stuff they've done to the nether and it's like a completely different landscape but uh yeah there's definitely scope for it i i like the idea of having some alternate blocks even if it's just being able to craft more things out of existing stuff like being able to pick up magma blocks and then change them into something else you know like compress them or smelt them or just do something that gives you something nethery that maybe doesn't necessarily appear in the nether naturally that you can just go and get yeah, but something that you have to similar to how like you have to collect quartz and then you have to assemble quartz into blocks and pillars and things like that. Yeah, nether wart uh, block I, is another example of that. You can't make you can't find nether wart blocks out there in yes. in the nether. You have to form them out of nether wart that you're not exactly. going to get back either. It's not it's not a resource block the same way blocks of iron are. It's a, a yeah. kind of compressed thing that you're not going to break back down into nether wart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, yeah, there's there's definitely some possibilities. I, I think, like you said, by design, uh, my first impressions when I get to the nether 
uh, especially with the old Netherrack texture. I've been playing with the beta version two texture for so long, which I, I like so much better. Um, but I will admit that the original texture had the, I believe, intended effect of making you lost. Like it yeah. was really, really difficult to get your bearings in the nether. The only thing that you would have would be whatever torch path you left behind you or visible veins of nether quartz, which for whatever reason you didn't mine yeah. as landmarks as to where you were. Uh, sometimes glowstone, you know, hanging from the ceiling. But again, like these are all things that you'd want. So unless you left them or left one of them to leave, you know, mark your way, it'd be really difficult to kind of sort things out. So I can I can appreciate how it was intended to be confusing and bland in, in that way. But I also think that, you know, you, you could go the, the, the way of, of creating some new blocks, especially new darker blocks. Um, I play with a black nether brick, nether brick texture, uh, which I think is, I think I got it from vanilla tweaks. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so you see it on, you see it on Hermitcraft and stuff a lot, but even then it's still dark, like the cracked nether brick, it's, it's fine. It's a good idea, but I don't know that you'd see it even with vanilla, even with the wine colored vanilla nether bricks. I don't know that you'll be able to see any kind of details yeah. like that. Maybe if the cracks um, kind of had like veins in the same way that magma blocks do, where it's lighter cracks instead of darker. And there's like bits of of lava Magma kind of cracks. bubbling up yeah that, that that kind of thing and i've seen that in i think chisel has a um a texture for nether brick that's like that it's got kind of veins of of lava running along along the lines in the brick as well so maybe it's like oh, slightly chunkier brick like stone brick kind of size slabs in there but it's got uh, kind of an, an outline drawn in magma yeah man my oh i would have so <laughs> much fun like, can you imagine making like a castle that's in like a lava lake and the bottom bricks are all cracked and there's lava oozing up into the, like that would look so bad. That, that's that's some, something uh, I was something I was expecting people to do more with magma blocks, but their magma blocks don't really have a brick like kind of thing. They don't look as structural as I thought no. they were going to when we first saw screenshots of them. So, yeah. yeah, like having a brick based version of that, even if you crafted like a bunch of of magma blocks into magma brick or something like that it would definitely add a little bit of a dimension to those beyond just you know the the utility they have now with mob farms and so yeah. forth yeah no i agree that's that's really really cool uh, and this reminded me of one thing that i did not get to last week i it kind of dawned on me after we finished recording and that was the rules that we were talking about that they kind of pitched on on twitter from i believe it was Dinnerbone yeah. about what materials get fences versus what materials get stone walls etc and it made me realize that if that's the case then something like quartz from the nether would mean it would follow the rules of the nether of possibly getting a fence not a wall because mm -hmm. nether brick blocks turn in you can turn them into nether brick fences which yeah. is the only stone fence in the game mm -hmm which means you could potentially have your, we'll say, white picket fence. I'm assuming it would have the same fence design that Minecraft has, you know, worldwide. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but still, it would be a proper white fence, not a birch fence, you mm -hmm. know, for, for something in the overworld, which I think would, again, it would have dual purpose. Like you could use it for all kinds of things, but one of those things you could use it for would be the traditional white picket fence build that people would probably want in their in their houses. Yeah. I, again, I, it, and it fits the rules. I'm just saying, Moyen. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, just following the rules here, guys. Yeah. And I, I feel like yeah. that'd also look really great as like, you know, you can have candles on the end of like a candelabra sort of thing on a church. You know, you can yes. make chandeliers with just big old candles with a, with a torch on the top, obviously. But then the, yep. the uh, having a white fence in the game would really give them a bit more presence, you know. And yep. yeah, that, that'd be a, 
on towers. Absolutely. Solid additions. So uh, here we go. We're, we're putting, we're drawing the line in the sand here, folks. The spawn chunks wants white fences. Make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that brings us into uh, the topic of the week. And uh, it's far from white picket fences, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, with Halloween coming around the corner, we thought it might, it might be fun to dive into another mob uh, for our main show discussion. And we landed on phantoms. <laughs> And they are, uh, I, I guess, uh, well, re- they're relatively new. What, 1.13, right? That's when they came yes, out. Yes, yeah, absolutely. They were they were the result of the Minecon 2017 mob vote. Uh, the, the people narrowed it down to phantoms. We all had our say. And uh, yeah, at the time, they didn't have any name other than the Terror of the Night Skies. But uh, phantoms, when the name was eventually chosen, became a, a favorite. And they've kind of changed the game, I feel like. Adding mobs that spawn in midair. Uh, encouraging players everywhere to sleep so that they don't have to encounter them, and controversially for me, at least, as a an inhabitant of a mushroom island, becoming a hostile mob that can still spawn when you're standing in a mushroom fields biome. So normally the only thing that spawns there is mushrooms, <laughs> and you don't get any hostile mob spawns, but phantoms still harass me if I haven't slept for a few days. So what what are your what are your thoughts about phantoms since they've been added? You you played for a couple of versions before one point thirteen, so you've had at least oh, yeah. some some chance to play Minecraft before and after phantoms. How do you how do you feel about them now they're in your life? Well, I don't encounter them that often. Uh, I am usually the only person on the server uh, when I play anyway. So uh, if I'm in the overworld, a lot of time I'm building because I'm a builder like you. And I prefer to do that in the daylight. Yeah. Not just for creepers, but just for in general, just as easier to see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in situations where Optifine isn't working, so you don't have a torch in your hand <laughs> to light your way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I haven't encountered them that often. And a little, you know, for a little bit, we actually debated. Um, we played 1.13 for about a month or so before we implemented the data pack for single player sleep. Uh, because we were enjoying the mechanic of dealing with phantoms and having to sleep and we wanted to encounter them and see what was up. Uh, I don't really find them all that challenging, but I think it's because a lot of times, as I mentioned before, the people that play on the Citadel, even, uh, if I'm not alone, we just tend to sleep a lot. There's beds everywhere. Uh, people are building, uh, people hate creepers. So they just tend to sleep as soon as they can. So mm-hmm. there's not much of an opportunity for, uh, phantoms to spawn because even if i haven't slept if someone else on the server sleeps my sleep count is still up to three but if there's no nighttime then they don't spawn yeah for sure so so yeah like unless unless you've got the perfect mix on a server then you're not going to have them that often i don't find them that challenging they do hit pretty hard if you if you do get tagged by one when you're just wearing an elytra or something like that like it's they 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 knock you around um, but I find that their pathing is pretty limited. They don't seem to be able to find you very easily yeah. or they're slow on the attack. Um, I would say the, the real issue with phantoms is when you are out at night and you are unaware that you haven't slept and you're doing something like clearing some skeletons or you, you're building something new where you haven't lit up the area. But when you have to deal with phantoms and other mobs that's when it's a problem yeah yes you're working in more than just like you know the 360 degrees around you you've also got like the sky to worry about yes yeah like when you also have to worry about being you know because you're just your butt your brain is so trained to just look around you know zombies skeletons creepers they're all 
ground level, mm-hmm. you know. But when once you've got something that is out of your peripheral, because uh, they spawn like directly above you and they'll they circle really high. It's like thirty or forty blocks or something, twenty or thirty blocks. Above yeah, you, I think. yeah, it's it's something along those lines. Because mobs have to spawn. Yeah. The hostile mobs generally spawn around twenty four blocks away from you. So I think it's in the twenty four to thirty range, roughly. Right. Um, yeah. So they st- they still adhere to that. I was reading on the wiki before the show that they they count as part of the mob cap but they ignore it when they're trying to spawn in yeah yeah so you won't get more zombies after you get phantoms but you can be surrounded by zombies and still have phantoms spawn above you so yeah a little so, bit scary so how do they how do they affect your gameplay now that you're just because you, you're dealing with them basically on your own like there's nothing else you don't have to, you don't have a, like a, a, a skeleton phantom tag team on a <laughs> yeah I've, I've sort of treated them as like it's almost like a sport rather than like a serious kind of concern you know just yeah it's it's like the the coolest way in which you can kill a phantom is is kind of common and i know uh, hermitcraft right now is having a kind of october long competition for halloween to see how many people can kill like the most phantoms and they've got like a scoreboard going and stuff it's all being tracked by data behind the scenes which is super fun and and actually pretty pretty clever they've got like a prize pool going and everything but um yeah i i really like phantoms uh, not that I necessarily want them to be around, but I think they feel very kind of complete as a feature, if that makes sense. Like, um, they've got unique mechanics to them. Uh, the fact that they spawn in the air at night, they they kind of have an effect on gameplay because you actually are concerned about making sure that you can sleep if you want to avoid them. They aren't just a variant of an existing mob either. You don't find, they're not sort of, you know, a new skeleton, a new zombie, the kind of things that people have occasionally thrown stones at Mojang for being a little lazy and adding in like the drowned or husks, things that are variants of existing mobs. Um, And they've got their own drops as well. They've got phantom membrane, which I think Mm. is a, a great addition. And it's one of those things where previously when... Yeah, people have been calling Mojang out for being quote-unquote lazy about adding stuff. It's when something like a polar bear comes along and all it drops is fish. There's no kind of unique reason to attack them. And obviously with hostile mobs, it makes more sense because you're going to want to kill them. Therefore, them dropping unique stuff is kind of a a good thing. You're encouraged to to deal with them as they they appear. But um, yeah, Phantom Membrane is is a great addition, I think. Repairing Elytra with leather before which is what what you had to repair elytra with if you didn't have mending it kind of felt too cheap and not really kind of in keeping with what elytra were considering that you have to go all the way out into the end to find an end city with a ship and get these things and then you can repair them with the basic stuff that you basically acquire the first time you kill a cow it yeah it it didn't feel like it, it was it was too cheap and it wasn't really risky enough for such a rare item to be repaired quite so easily um, but mm-hmm. these days, most folks have mending anyway. And the, basically, the first thing that happens whenever anyone finds an elytra is they put mending and unbreaking on it so that they don't have to worry about it breaking mid-flight or anything. Um, but it feels more realistic to me to fight a winged creature to repair a set of wings. And the membrane kind of feels a little bit more kind of ethereal. And that's what you get with uh, with elytra. It's, it's weird, though, when you consider that phantoms being a product of not sleeping is supposed to mean like, you know, you've stayed up for three days and you know your brain is starting to go slightly haywire and you know these things are effectively ghosts that come out of the sky and attack you they count as undead mobs as well so effectively they're figments of your imagination but then they drop real stuff that you can use to repair your equipment (laughs) it gets the 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 justification for it gets a little bit shaky at that point yeah but um I, i don't know i think that uh 
I liked I liked the idea of of the three days. It's a, it's a I think it's a unique mechanic. Like yeah. you said, it's a it's a it's thought through from start to get to to finish. I kind of wish it was shorter. Really, on one hand, to your to, yeah, well, on one hand, to your point, I appreciate that it makes the drop rare yeah. for repairing a rare item like the Elytra. Uh, on the other side, I don't really I don't see phantoms hardly at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I know, I know I will go through at least one Minecraft day without sleeping. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you go mining, you know, you do something when you're underground, you're indoors doing interiors, something like that. So I think maybe for me from a PVP or PVE standpoint, I would prefer if they came out after one night of not sleeping. So in your second night, they would come out. However, I also appreciate the fact that if you did that, then they would just be everywhere. And when I go to look at my, in my storage, I only have like three or four phantom membranes. I don't Mm -hmm. have very many. I have mending on my elytra. So I'm saving those for slow falling potions, but, or potions of slow falling. I can't remember which way they they word it. However. (laughs) Yeah. But but I can also appreciate that by by having it be the third night, it means that they're rare. So if you want, if you need those membranes, then you have to, um, then you have to grind, you know, a little bit to 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 find them. Yeah, uh, I, I yeah. think the, I, the three night thing stops them from becoming too much of a nuisance. I think I feel like if mm-hmm. they were attacking you every night, it would just get a little bit tiresome. If they yeah. if they just kind of came out as, I mean, especially for me, like on the, on the mushroom islands, it's nice to not have to deal with zombies skeletons witches and stuff every night and you know normally you're dealing with that stuff anyway but then phantoms spawning in the sky you know even if you've lit up an area of the overworld so you don't get any natural mob spawns you're still going to get phantoms and so them appearing every night even once you've mob proofed effectively you've mob proofed an area you just be like well come on what else do i have to do do i have to light up the night sky as well now and it, it kind of drives everybody into making things like cave bases and things because they don't want you know the sky over their heads yeah so yeah i I feel like they're they're trying their best to make sure it's not limiting to players who really don't like the pve aspect of things and obviously Mm -hmm. it's it's easy enough to sleep but sometimes well yes on on a multiplayer server if you don't have one of those one player sleep kind of plugins or whatever running with the amount of afk farming that takes place getting people to sleep on multiplayer servers is tricky nigh on mm-hmm. impossible if people are afk fishing or something like that so right yeah and 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 phantoms everybody thought that phantoms were just going to be the end of afk fishing because you wouldn't be able to go afk for multiple nights anymore no you just put a block over your head and it's fine <laughs> you know yeah yeah they don't spawn if you have an opaque block over your head then then they don't spawn at all yeah uh which which i didn't i re, i knew but then i forgot because i would always come out of the mines and i would come out of um you know a house knowing that i hadn't slept in a few minecraft days i'm just like hmm yeah i would have thought that this place would have been riddled with phantoms, yeah aren't, aren't they supposed that, like, to be dive bombing my roof by this point yeah, yeah but i'm i'm only outside for a couple of seconds and probably not long enough for them to spawn in by yeah. the time i go from door to nether portal or from you know from the chunks loading and like I'm, I'm not really outside very much or if i am i'm going straight inside to sleep so i can see what i'm doing and so yeah i can i can appreciate that something i i would I'd be curious to see as an improvement to phantoms, maybe to the chagrin of people that don't like them. I kind of wish they had a ranged attack. Like I kind of wish <laughs> that you, like they have to bump you to hit you. Like they have to sweep down, uh, swoop down and bite you. Yeah. Um, whereas if they had, I don't know, lightning, uh, you know, something where it could tie in with uh, the new trident, you know, channeling features where mm-hmm. like if you have a trident with channeling, then the lightning would then power your trident and then you could shoot it back. Like I just, I feel like they would be a lot, a little bit more challenging and more troublesome 
I would probably care more if I was outside and I was like, oh, there's a phantom. I'll just run until I find a bed, you know, as opposed to like, oh no, there's a phantom and it has a ranged attack. <laughs> and, they, you know? and they've got lightning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that's, and that's the kind of thing where like, it's not like a gassed ballistic attack where it's going to shoot you where you were. Lightning is pretty fast. Like, I mean, it's going to probably tag you no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that could be, that could be really interesting. It could introduce some fun mechanics in the game in terms of charging creepers, in terms of getting yeah. records. Like there could be some fun, some fun mechanics there. It might be um, something that they could do because there is a size tag for phantoms as well. This was something that came up in the in the oh, snapshots yes. azuma now has a data pack that adds in that size tag which spawns larger phantoms if you haven't slept for a really long time we're talking like mm-hmm. 30 days or so that you get big fat phantoms flying out of the sky and those things are huge i was watching his video kind of showcasing that and it was really really quite something to see this enormous like the size of a car coming at you from the sky um so, so maybe <laughs> that would be kind of cool. maybe the bigger phantoms have like a ranged attack or something just to make them to, to compensate Ooh. for the fact that if they had a larger hitbox they'd be easier to shoot down because easier when, to shoot. when yeah. they're when they're circling in the sky i can never hit them like you only ever really get to no. hit them with a bow and arrow if they're like right in front of your face unless you're yeah. a better shot than i am which is likely i'd say but you know it could, <laughs> could, could be a could be an easier way to to tag them with a bow and arrow or, or like you say a trident if they are just kind of circling before the uh the swoop attack especially if if that escalated like you know the longer that you're awake the bigger they get Mm -hmm. uh rather than just being a random thing you know maybe maybe that's a new boss maybe it's the phantom boss you know where you have to stay out for nine consecutive nights in order to get you know small then medium and then the boss phantom and then you have to do your own boss fight maybe it drops something unique like that there's some real potential there that that they could they could um that they could use however i do want to say that i mean despite some little nitpicks i like the phantoms i think they're an excellent oh yeah uh, addition to the game for a brand new mob that's not just another version of a zombie or a skeleton uh they're unique but yet extremely minecrafty if that yeah, makes any sense that's, they, they have a really good texture as well i feel like there's Ooh, yes it went through a few iterations at first and for a while they were kind of still going with a manta ray-esque design so they the, yep. the wings were kind of flabby and stuff and they didn't quite look very sky worthy uh, but now they've got these wings that are swept back and they look kind of ragged thanks to the transparency they've got in the texture. And that really yep. helps. It helps them feel undead as well. They, they kind of fall under yes. that that undead classification. So it feels like as ragged as like the clothes you see on a zombie or a drowned or something. It's got yeah, a lot like to, an undead dragon, you know, exactly. with the tattered wings, the holes and stuff in them and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's got a lot yeah, of yeah. a lot of personality to it. And one last thing, I think I'm really gra- glad they decided to remove them from the end. Uh, because originally they were slated to be like overworld mobs that spawn at night and also they're in the end all the time. And of course, in the end, you can't sleep because beds explode. It's not possible to set your spawn there. Right. So I feel like they would be an absolute nuisance in the end, especially considering that players more often than not will be flying around the end with a light tray. You don't want this trail of phantoms coming after you but mainly because I feel like phantoms are probably at their most deadly when they can knock you off something. I feel like that's the, the mm. times when I've actually been really caught out by a phantom attack, uh, when once I've been sort of all armored up and everything, is that I'm like pillaring up to something and then phantoms swoop down. Like, oh, well, great, I've got one block on here to, to, to defend myself from. I have to like hold down shift the entire time. If something knocks me off, I'm falling, you know, 40, 50 blocks and I, I'm toast. And the same yeah. in, in the end, you know, you take full damage all the time when you're going up end cities and the void is going to just erase all your items permanently. So mm. phantoms would get super deadly in that kind of environment. So I think maybe there's probably going to be people who want a bit more of a challenge and could, you know, in, 
insert some kind of command block or or mod or function or data pack or whatever that actually spawns uh, phantoms in the end if you wanted that extra challenge while exploring there. But for me, I'm glad they toggled that one off. <laughs> I think it would be, uh, I agree. be too no, much at that point. There's, I mean, challenging in the overworld is one thing, but then challenging when you've got the the risk of of uh, losing all your items. It's one of the reasons why I don't like those ultra hardcore platformers where like you die and you go back to the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. nope, I want I want save points. Like, I, I like the idea of of a little bit more of challenge in the overworld, but the idea of of phantoms in the end is just nope, not not. Yeah, for like me. none of this roguelike stuff <laughs> getting introduced. They're very Enderman inspired though. Like they kind of had the have the wide eyes, the glowing eyes, green yeah. eyes. Yeah, they're not they're green eyes, not pink. But still, like I I feel like there could also be you know I'm surprised that phantoms don't teleport. Like I mean they're they have a very uh we'll say biological uh movement like they mm-hmm. look like they're moving around they don't look like they're floating they look like they're flying yeah and and i feel like because of how they look they could almost um warp around you know like zip down and appear in front of you similar to a um to an enderman like if you just imagine like an enderman popping in and out of your of your range of view but instead of going horizontally going vertically yeah uh that would be that would be also uh, another way to kind of increase their um potency i guess once once a, they've bitten you once they've bitten you they just night crawl themselves back into the sky <laughs> <laughs> nice right well uh if you folks at home have any, any opinions on phantoms that you'd like to share don't forget to drop us a line as always but i think that's going to wrap up this episode of the spawn chunks you can find more information about the show and links to some of the stuff we talked about at the the music for the show was composed by me and the spawn chunks is proud to be a listener supported podcast if you get some value out of the show why not consider putting some value back in? You can visit patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join the community, where pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat. This week, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we added a new tier of support and immediately smashed our only remaining milestone goal, so now we're gonna, gonna go away and dream up some more. We're currently sitting at 22 patrons, which is a massive increase from last week, and we want to thank everybody who has signed up recently. You guys are the best. I wholeheartedly agree. One of the best ways that you can share the podcast is just via your friends. You can find us at the Spawn Chunks on Twitter and Instagram, if those are your social media, I guess, nodes of choice. You can also just poke a friend in the arm and recommend the show. Uh, even though we are, uh, I guess, enjoying some some success here, uh, we're still a young show. We have not yet hit 15 episodes. So uh, new listeners is just a fantastic way to grow the community, uh, bring some more people into into the fold. So I would appreciate it if you could just spread the word that way. You can email the show at thespawnchunks at gmail.com. And you can also subscribe on Spotify. Hey, round of applause for Joel. I'm going to say that again. You You can subscribe on spotify hey you cannot you cannot yet find us by searching minecraft but if you search for the spawn chunks we come up quite quickly i'm also going to post a link in the show notes for this episode so you can find it directly if you are a spotify user it is now just another way that you can listen to the show yes i was i was frankly amazed by the amount of people in our discord community who said oh right you're on spotify switching over to that now you know it's uh, it's amazing how many people use spotify and like we said before we were getting about an email a week asking if we could be put on spotify so glad to be there now and hope you're listening there or wherever else you want to listen yeah and i think that the important thing too is that um 
there's a lot of music services out there that are, you know, that allow for podcasts. And I, because I don't use those music services, I don't know which ones are rising to the top. Uh, I do listen to some tech podcasts and I, I hear a lot about them, but I don't know a lot of firsthand stuff. So uh, this was a new development, actually. It was, it was only just a little week or two ago that Spotify announced that they were going to allow outside RSS feed based um, podcasts. So it's up there now. It's also on iTunes, Google or Google Podcasts or Stitcher. You can find it just about everywhere. And the RSS feed in the Spunchunks Patreon is going to be something of interest to you patrons. So if you are curious on how to get the extended version of the Spunchunks, then head to patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe and subscribe with the patron only RSS feed. My name has been Pixel Riffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash pixelriffs, where I have my Minecraft survival guide series for beginners, and we're getting into some advanced stuff now as well, and a multiplayer Let's Play series called Decidedly Vanilla. I'm also the voice for the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search, and I stream three days a week on Twitch, where these days I mostly work on larger Minecraft projects for my YouTube series, but I play other games from time to time, including this weekend playing Stardew Valley with my wife. The co-op mode on that game is great. Uh, aside from that, I'm at PixelRiffs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? You can find everything I am up to online, including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com. If you'd like to hire me to do some work for you, then just drop me a line there. You can also find me on the Citadel Cafe podcast about sci-fi and geeky entertainment. Daredevil's back on Netflix. Yay! Comics Coast to Coast, where my friend Brian and Matt and I uh, interview comic creators, illustrators, and animators. And lately, I've been spending a lot of time on Twitch. If you enjoy Minecraft and Let's Play stuff, then check me out on Twitch. It's just my name, Joel Duggan. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite. And if you haven't slept for three days, watch the skies. <laughs>